conservative? You bet. Controversial? Right again. It's time to squabble on the Jim Benson Show. Welcome to another edition of the Jim Benson Show, conservative talk radio covering the issues that concern you here on the BBS radio network. On numerous occasions of this show, I've quoted the first Soviet dictator, Vladimir Lenin, as saying that, quote, when it comes time to hang the capitalists, they'll sell us the rope, unquote. There are several variations of this quotation, but all mean the same thing. This statement is widely attributed to Lenin, as is the famous quotation about useful idiots, meaning those people who unwittingly or naively support communism without realizing what they're actually doing. As it turns out, there is no precise documentation for Lenin having actually made either of those statements, raising doubt among historians of their exact origins, though both, again, have been widely attributed to Lenin. Peter Schweitzer, in his new book, Red-Handed, How America's Elites Get Rich Helping China Win, discusses this matter in his first chapter, which is appropriately enough titled The Rope. There, Schweitzer states that what Lenin is documented to have said in this regard is, quote, more precise, if less catchy, close quote. And he then quotes Lenin as essentially saying the same thing about the rope quotation, as the rope quotation. And here it is, quote, they, meaning the capitalists, will furnish credits with which will serve us for the support of the Communist Party in their countries. And by supplying us materials and technical support, which we lack, will restore our military industry necessary for our future attacks against our suppliers. To put it in other words, they will work on the preparation of their own suicide, unquote. And that, of course, is exactly what our own American and other Western business, government, and cultural elites have been doing for decades, while reaping huge profits along the way, compliments of their benefactors for the present, in the Communist Party of China, the CCP. As Schweitzer points out, many of our oligarch and globalist, that is, world government-worshipping elites, actually admire the CCP, seeing it as more efficient at governing and controlling people, and believing that the CCP's well-established and long-stated goal of taking over the USA would not really be such a bad thing, not for our elites, at least, as they so naively and stupidly seem to believe that they will remain fabulously wealthy, powerful, and free according to their bizarre notion of some kind of future communist world government run by the super rich. Needless to say, many of us here in the West see things quite differently. Later in this program, you'll hear yet another example of officially sanctioned CCP philosophy on how they plan to conquer the USA and how, for decades now, the CCP has been employing this strategy to the extent that they have infiltrated just about every aspect of American society, culture, and government. Thanks to the work of many brave, patriotic, and freedom-loving Americans and others of Chinese ancestry who monitor and relay what they are seeing happening in communist China, along with perhaps the greatest threat to tyrants everywhere, the United States Constitution, 
and particularly its First Amendment guaranteeing freedom of speech, those who want to look can see what's happened and happening. With this in mind, it's not difficult to understand how we could have had the massive fraud in the 2020 elections, which enabled the coup that removed President Trump and installed the oligarch globalist CCP puppet Joe Biden in office. As you'll hear, American patriot and election integrity warrior Jovan Hutton Pulitzer also state later in this program, the disasters befalling the USA that Biden and his handlers have visited upon us are all part of a sinister plan to weaken and ultimately destroy America so it can be handed over to a future all-powerful Chinese Communist Party. Here's my take on what happened in the election of 2020. You see, Trump had to go. As a communist Chinese university professor recently so famously put it, the CCP's friends on Wall Street, quote, couldn't fix Trump, unquote. Trump was interfering with and was a threat to these elites flows of money from communist China and to the CCP's fabulous wealth derived from endless U.S. capital investment in China. And so it was decided that Trump had to go. Hoping to protect their money from communist China, coupled with their admiration of that totalitarian totalitarian government, stock market fund and asset managers, big tech and other business titans, Hollywood's communist-worshipping hypocrite moguls and the like, contributed hundreds of millions to Joe Biden and other Democrats in 2020. But when it became clear on the evening of Election Day 2020 that Trump was still winning in a landslide, the treasonous backup plan was activated. The coup was successful, and the duly elected president of the United States was overthrown. For the, reason, for the treason to succeed, Democrat and communist activists, at times aided by compromised or otherwise anti-Trump Republicans, carried out the massive vote and election fraud across the USA, but particularly in the critical swing states leading up to, on, and immediately after Election Day 2020. Trump was winning big in this week. Trump was winning big in the swing states, just like in many other parts of the country. So vote counting in all the swing states suddenly stopped. Then later that night and early the next morning, millions of votes for Joe Biden came pouring in from additional electronic manipulation connected with voting machinery and from fraudulent paper ballots. We've all heard the reports of mysterious incidents of mass ballot shredding, ballot fires and such. In the evening – I'm sorry – In the end, over the next few days, Joe Biden was declared the winner by a staggering and preposterous count of more than 80 million votes to Donald Trump's supposed 75 million or so votes. So deep, thorough, and widespread is the CCP's influence in this country that it was not that difficult for the left and their allies among the elites here to carry out this well-planned and orchestrated plot against Trump. Exactly who was responsible and for what that happened in this crime of the century or greatest crime in history, as it's sometimes called, remains to be established. But once the coup was accomplished, it was widely supported by members of our government, the media, and business and cultural elites, many of whom had contributed huge sums of money to Biden's campaign. 
a former Microsoft executive who headed the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, along with his advisory council made up of the owners of the voting machine companies, declared the 2020 election was the most free and fair in history. Judges and justices around the country, even a majority of our own Supreme Court, refused to even consider the widespread and growing evidence of fraud in the election. And the Attorney General of the United States, Bill Barr, declared his Justice Department and FBI hadn't discovered any significant evidence of fraud in the election. Once installed in the White House, Biden immediately set out set about reversing much of what Trump had done and then initiating the left's plan to destroy America. The corrupt and compromised Biden and his handlers have done their best to impose cultural Marxism on America with directives to throw open our borders, force our schools to teach the doctrine and dogma of critical race theory, promote the LGBTQ agenda, and force mass vaccinations for COVID-19 for the COVID-19 virus, now widely believed to have originated in Wuhan, China, where the People's Liberation Army of the Chinese state runs a medical facility. Biden has allowed CCP companies to bid and work on our infrastructure, including our electoral grid, critical to our national security which is critical to our national security, the electoral group, grid, that is. While feigning to be tough on the CCP, warning it against supporting Russia and its invasion of Ukraine and its threats to invade Taiwan, a key U.S. ally, Biden has cut U.S. defense spending and ended a U.S. Department of Justice program implemented by President Trump that focused on finding and prosecuting CCP spying and espionage. Biden has done nothing about the CCP's refusal refusal to live up to its trade agreement negotiated with the Trump administration by failing to buy some $200 billion a year in U.S. goods. Or rather, I believe that's the shortfall of what they're pledged to buy. <clears throat> Just recently, Joe Biden quietly ended U.S. tariffs on more than 350 Chinese imports. Biden suddenly ended all U.S. support for our, our allies in Afghanistan and pulled out all our forces there, leading to the diplomatic disaster and bloodbath that followed, clearly benefiting the CCP and endangering our allies in the region. Another international bloodbath and disaster that's occurred on Biden's watch in Ukraine might have been avoided if it hadn't been for the weak and vacillating Biden and his overseers. And it goes on and on and on. To say that Biden and those controlling him have been a disaster for the USA is putting it mildly. Lately, however, There have been a few rays of hope for those of us who love this country and do not want to submit to our own enslavement. It's possibly beginning to look like we may yet be able to thwart the terrifying fate we've been hurtling toward. It seems there are still many good patriotic Americans working in our government to hold those involved in our national destruction accountable. Judges have been rendering decisions favorable to exposing and correcting the massive vote and election fraud that occurred before, during, and after 2020. Even some in the mainstream media organizations who have long, have for so long been mere mouthpieces for the unholy alliance of the communists and the elites of our society have recently begun to tell at least some of the truth in some cases, such as finally acknowledging that Joe Biden's crackhead son, Hunter's abandoned laptop computer contents are authentic after claiming for years that these were mere Russian disinformation. 
To start off with today's sound bites, and with these I'm referring to some of those true patriots in our alternative media, here's some audio from Black Conservative Patriots Open Source News Program on YouTube, March 27, regarding startling developments in the Hunter Biden laptop story. You can listen to more of BCP, as he calls himself, on his Locals.com channel. Play sound by one, please. I wish I had some good news. Now, let me give you this developing story. It's fairly short. This comes out of CD Media. This is absolute nuts. This is a developing story coming out over this weekend. CD Media has confirmed the Hunter Biden infamous laptop from hell contains many U.S. Department of Defense root encryption certificates or encryption keys to Department of Defense databases. Why the hell does Hunter Biden on his laptop have root encryption certificates of the DOD? The keys have unusual long-term expiration dates with many lasting 20 years or more. This information was discovered during a deep forensic investigation during over the last couple weeks by Jack Maxey and his team in Switzerland. Here are the very, very important questions and queries. Why did Hunter Biden have a large number of Department of Defense encryption codes to allow access to national security data? He is selling it to the Chinese. He is a backdoor through Biden and the DOD and these treasonous, traitorous rat bastards. He's been selling this to China and probably to the Russians and doing dirty business in Ukraine, which you already know. And Bill Barr knew about this. It's hard to believe he didn't. And he hid it from the American public not to be political. And we can't, okay, the, we know the press hid the laptop from hell story. That is a non-story. I mean, we cover it, but it's not the story here. This is the big story. Why did Hunter Biden have a large number of Department of Defense encryption keys? He is the son of the former vice president and the man that we are told right now is the president of the United States of America. Joseph Biden and his son and his la- on his laptop had these encryption codes with 20 years. Okay. To put this in perspective, it is unusual practice to provide a user access because usually they only need to have the need to know or on the job reasons to have access. Usually it's two to three years at most. Why does he have some of these that are lasting 20 years or more? They knew that they had a plan to get Joey in there and two or three years wasn't going to cut it. Joey and his cohorts would not be able to sell out America to the CCP and other foreign enemies via their son and his laptop and this pay for play, this pay for treason plot. They had to make sure it was long-term. Who gave the codes to Hunter Biden? And of course, who did Hunter Biden give access to this information? China? Russia? Iran? We don't know. He's being protected by the same American deep state that is working against us. CD Media says that the Department of Justice has been alerted to the situation and they've also been informed that the Department of Defense has been told of the discovery, which I'm sure people there already knew. 
This is all by design. This is all a cover-up. And this absolutely should lead in a fair world, this would already happen, but in a world of sanity, both sides would be working on the impeachment. I mean, the Democrats and the Republicans would be working for the impeachment of Joe Biden. This is treason at the highest level. This didn't happen because Hunter Biden is smart. It happened because the big guy, Joe Biden, allowed this to happen and was instrumental in this happening. And he is supposedly the sitting president of the United States of America. This is treason of the highest order, and this should lead to immediate impeachment. And here's a shocking thing. This story was broken by the CD Media staff yesterday, March 26th. This should be on every major news site. And what are the chances are that you're hearing about this from little old me and my 600,000 subscribers show on YouTube? Let's see who else picks up the story. This is developing and we will make sure that we stay on top of it. If this is true, it's really an amazing development in, in this whole Hunter Biden laptop disaster. We will see what happens. If this is inaccurate, I'll be happy to retract what we had here. I recall someone asking Trump, not about this, but if the, regarding the Hunter Biden laptop matter, that did they think that Hunter Biden was going to be indicted? That would be in connection with possible money laundering, uh, not registering as a foreign agent, tax issues. Trump, as I recall, kind of looked away or looked down and said, we don't know, but he, he doubted it or something. He didn't think so. <laughs> I'm not surprised given what's happened here. We will have to see what comes of all this. Now here's some audio from Javon Hutton Pulitzer on his Cut the Crap podcast series, March 21, on his Locals.com channel. In this audio, Pulitzer, who's been very involved in the election integrity battles and working on examination and reports on what happened with ballots in the 2020 election in Arizona for the state there, and he discusses what we are witnessing and being subjected to today in America and what we need to do about it. Play soundbite two, please. So, folks, this is disturbing. I find myself a little bit hard to – I'm making hard decisions behind the scene. It's, it's kind of messing me up a little bit, trying to decide what do I really disclose to you on the air here, right? What do I really say? Because this stuff is incredibly um, whacked. It really is. Alam on Rumble says, in my humble opinion, the only reason I believe state media would acknowledge it is they're trying to get ahead of the Durham indictments, bet someone has been tipped off as to who's next. Plausible, 100%, absolutely plausible. Usually when these nefarious actors let something out and let it be exposed, you know something's bigger coming. Now, some are talking about how Biden said there may be a significant or the administration cyber attack coming up. This may be it, too. They may uh, get it out there for a short time, uh, let it be brewed about, and then something bigger comes along where people stop talking about it. This is the way the system works and what they do to us. 
What we now know is our media is crap. There's there's no news in the truth. They won't print the truth, right? And there's no truth in the news. Ironic that that's what we're living, and that's an old Russian KGB saying, that there is no news in the truth, and there is no truth in the news. And we're living it firsthand. I think all of our media and broadcasting in the United States of America has died. I think it's over. All these people that are thinking they're going to go into broadcasting, they will never have credibility again. I don't even know how broadcasting can recover. I know the FBI is going to have a hard time recovering and the Department of Defense or Department of Justice. Nobody is investigating what they should be investigating. In fact, the only kind of retribution uh, or stuff the FBI has gone after is one of my friends that basically was the whistleblower on Comey inside the FBI saying it was bad. And all they did was run her out and blackball her. She can't even get, I mean, career, career FBI integrity can't even get any job in law enforcement because they blackballed her. Why? For ratting out Comey and ratting out these guys of what they were doing, which led to all this stuff, but she gave up her whole career for it. This is a prime example of what happens when there is an administration that is selected and not elected. I keep on telling you this, but it's the truth. If you were to study historically countries that we know had a selection done on the people that was controlled by somebody else, almost immediately they start retaliating, getting revenge, locking people up for no reason, immediately changing laws and forcing draconian crap on you. Does that sound familiar? Because every one of those things has happened in our country. That's why all of this hurts so bad. We can't figure out, oh my God, How do we get this in there? By the way, it's our fault. We were apathetic, but now our eyes are open. This is a gift. We use this gift right now to vote more than we've ever voted before. For all those people on social media that are telling you, make sure you don't vote, protest, don't vote, show them, you're nuts. You don't vote. That's just another way of stealing your vote. We have to vote now more than we ever had before. You need to now take a very sober look at everything that's been written about Hunter Biden's laptop, everything that's out there, the photos, the documents, the documents for the payments, the uh, 10% for the big guy, now his daughter and everything else, along with every little sniffy photo that we have of Sniffy Joe. And I think you have to soberly understand, even aside from the maladministration being in there, something's horribly wrong with the ethics and morals of this person and all the people around him in the White House. For goodness sakes, we have transsexual military people meeting with other countries. I mean, have you ever thought about that? How do you have a transsexual person that the United States is proud of go meet with other military people from other countries? What in the hell do they think about us? I've said this before. The countries in the Middle East are taught that America's the great Satan. We've always had to fight that. Now, with all the social media and seeing it, they know America's the great Satan. But see, I think that's part of the plan. The reason we're seeing our young sons able to be a daughter one day, a dude the next, a puppy the next, a rock, a fluffy, doesn't matter what it is, get a cat letter in the room because they school because they identify as a cat, is because it is a concerted plan to destroy everything in America, laws, elections, mandates companies, the image of the United States around the world. Have you ever thought about how much the Democrats 
yelled and screamed about, Trump is destroying the image of America. What did he do to destroy it? Got unemployment to all-time lows in all categories, made America thrive back. That was destroying the image. Now we got transgenderism, boys swimming with a little extra drag in their shorts, but swimming as a girl and stealing medals from girls because they're really a dude in a swimsuit. And then they tell us to follow the science. You need to understand everything you're seeing going on is not a system takeover. It is a systematic plan to destroy everything that is American. They're destroying our image in the world. They're destroying our relationships with other countries. They're destroying our relationships with our kids. That's why they have books about pedophilia and other stuff, even in elementary schools. And now it's not a pedophile, it's a minor attracted person. This is a plan, folks. This is a plan to destroy the United States of America. It is in full-blown motion. We only have one option. Activate, be awake. You got to know this stuff. That's why I try to make you the smartest patriot in the room. Why we talk about everything, 7 a.m., 7 p.m., seven days a week. You have to know what's going on, and you have to get out there, and you have to save souls, and you have to convert people away from this socialism and get them to open their eyes and wake up, and we have to tell every one of these SOBs they must cut the crap. Some audio from former One America News and Newsmax reporter and commentator Emerald Robinson on her new TV show, The Absolute Truth, on frankspeech.com. This is from her interview March 29 with Georgia Attorney General candidate John Gordon discussing the large-scale fraud in that state during the 2020 election. Please play soundbite three. Over the weekend, former President Donald Trump touched down in Georgia for another rally. During his rally, a candidate for Georgia Attorney General, John Gordon, spoke. And here's what he had to say. Last week, as a candidate for public office, I dared tell the truth and publish a video on YouTube. And guess what happened? Canceled. Taken down. Now, it's obviously no secret that big tech censors those they disagree with. But this level of censorship may be manipulating our elections. So let's talk to that candidate. Let's bring in Georgia Attorney General candidate John Gordon. We, we really appreciate you joining us today, John. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, I, it seems like it should almost be illegal, right, for a, uh, a, a candidacy video for someone like yourself, a Georgia Attorney General candidate, to be removed from YouTube. Now, did you get a response from YouTube or get some kind of explanation for this? No, they just put, put you know, the boilerplate uh, standard stock statement that this content video uh, violates their standards for truthfulness uh, when they are the ones that are being untruthful. Uh, in, in my 69 years, I've never seen anything like it in this country. We are being uh, silenced and the truth is being suppressed. And in the meantime, they talk about the big lie while they're telling the bigger lie. So what exactly did you have to say in that video that YouTube removed? Well, I just talked about the uh, what we had discovered through our lawsuit in Georgia for the past year on election integrity. And we found overwhelming evidence 
of massive voter fraud. It was a full frontal assault from a number of different directions, from uh, no signature verification on absentee ballots to stacks of absentee ballots that had been uh, untouched by the human hand, all scored identically like a pallet full. Uh, the three people testified to in a sworn affidavit and sworn affidavits independently of one another that were all scored in the same manner were unfolded and um, it looked to have been filled out by a printer rather than a um, human hand. Uh, there was a obvious criminal enterprise in Georgia being conducted with uh, dozens of runners who went around and collected ballots from different places, thousands of them. I'm not talking about a, a, a couple here or there. I'm talking about thousands of them. One guy in particular who really uh, unwittingly let the secret, let the cat out of the bag, uh, said that he had been paid $34,000 to deliver uh, 3,400 ballots, so $10 a piece. And we've got video. Uh, actual video from Dropbox locations of people holding up stacks of ballots and taking a selfie of themselves as they are putting them into the Dropbox, i.e. the audit trail so they could collect the $10 for each ballot they collected. Uh, we had people that would go to the polls and uh, try to vote, and they were told that they had already voted when, in fact, they had not. The amount of fraud is overwhelming. We estimate that in Fulton County alone, there's 40,000 illegal fraudulent uh, votes. And um, we saw on video from the State Farm Tabulating Center, Ruby Moss, or, or Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss, mother and daughter, uh, putting the same stacks of ballots back through the tabulators multiple times. Uh, one uh, stack of ballots 32 times. So that's 3,200 illegal votes. It's mind-boggling. It's shocking. It's disturbing. It's stealing our republic, and we're not going to let them get away with it. So let me ask you, you mentioned that this uh, is part of a lawsuit that you, I, I believe you said you had been involved in. Is this now the one that uh, Senator David Perdue, who's running for governor, has joined it's, in? Is that the same the, lawsuit? Yes. And this is Emerald that I'm so glad you asked me about it because it, it makes me remember in the first lawsuit before the judge dismissed it after 10 months on the basis of standing, which any lawyer worth their weight knows is done in the first week of a case, not in the 10th month for crying out loud. It's just an embarrassment. This judge would do that. But before having done that, Listen to this. This is really crucial. And I want the mainstream media to stop lying to the American people. This judge ruled in writing that our case, we had made out a prima facie case for fraud. Brian Amaro in the Henry County Superior Court. And he ordered that the absentee ballots be unsealed and allow us to evaluate them. Now, we think that's where the smoking gun is if they haven't destroyed the evidence, which is a pretty big if based on what we've seen so far. But this is um, this is bigger than Watergate. It, this is Watergate on steroids. Somebody with some guts in the mainstream media needs to have the courage and the moral conviction to come forward and allow the truth to come out and stop this big lie nonsense, which I call the biggest lie.
the mainstream media's big lie narrative, as you may be aware, is that Biden was elected under with with fraud. And of course, there's so much evidence to the contrary that it's uh, amazing to see them still going on. But many people believe what they see on these mainstream media outlets. Continuing with this topic, here's some audio from former New York City mayor and federal prosecutor and lawyer for Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, on his Common Sense video podcast series, April 1. In this episode, posted on his website, RudyGiulianics.com, Giuliani interviews journalist John Solomon of the program Just the News about what Solomon's discovered and is being acknowledged elsewhere regarding the widespread and well-organized fraud during the 2020 election in Georgia and other key swing states that decided the election for Joe Biden. Play sound by four, please. Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani, and we're back with another edition of Rudy's Common Sense. And today we have an exciting guest, someone who, well, someone who has a website called Just the News, and I would say he's Just the News John Solomon. You can get John on Just the News. You can get him on uh, Real America's Voice, which uh, is on TV, and you can get his podcast on Just the News. And it seems like every week, twice a week, he breaks a, a big story uh, about everything. But right now, we're going to talk to him about the election of 2020, which seems to be unraveling uh, if it hadn't hasn't unraveled. Uh, already and just not been reported. Uh, John, tell us about your analysis, your recent analysis of the the the, the election and uh, w- what you spotted as I think it was the 20 top, what should we call them, irregularities? Uh, In some cases, illegalities. Ir- irregularities and illegalities. Okay. Yeah, you're right, Mr. Mayor. Well, first, thanks for having me on. It's always an honor to be with you. The um, you know, the election story of 2020, the big lie, has gone the path of Russia collusion and Ukraine impeachment, which is the, the mainstream media, the Democratic establishment, and some, in some cases, the, the bureaucracy of the federal government conspired to give us one story. And then we have spent years unraveling those stories and getting to the truth, and they all go into reversal. That's one of the amazing things about the Trump era. The major scandal stories, and I put scandal in quotes now. Right, right. They, they all go in reversal. It started with Russia collusion. We saw what happened to Christopher Steele's dossier. And now we have, you know, members of Clinton's legal team and the FBI indicted, charged, convicted in some cases. Uh, the same thing about Ukraine impeachment. We were told there was nothing wrong with Hunter Biden's activity. Now he's under criminal investigation. The laptop, which you helped bring to light, shows all of these really unseemly deals he was doing in the wake of his father's policy. Uh, and uh, we know two of his business partners have been convicted of crimes. Uh, that story, and, and now new documents come out showing that Joe Biden's own State Department thought what Hunter Biden was doing was wrong. That story went into reversal. The same thing is happening now to the election 2020 story. We were told it was a perfect election. Uh, the guy named Krebs, who ran the cybersecurity agency, the one that President Trump fired, he told us after the election this was a perfectly secure, cybersecure election. The FBI disagrees. They recently, uh, with the U.S. Attorney's Office, brought an indictment that revealed that Iranian hackers, Iranian state-backed hackers, 
cracked into one of the state's election databases, stole 100,000 Americans' voter identities, and used those voter identities to try to influence the 2020 election. Mr. Krebs' comments do not hold up the scrutiny when you learn that case. All across the country, you saw what the Wisconsin Chief Justice of the Supreme Court did in his election integrity, saying there was uh, uh, ballot harvesting and, and fraud and nursing home voting uh, enough that he thinks maybe Wisconsin legislature should consider decertifying the results. Arizona, two or three different investigations found things from signatures not matching to 50,000 ballots that don't look to be correct. Um, in Pennsylvania, the courts have ruled that uh, that uh, the changes to allow uh, un no excuse absentee ballots were in fact unconstitutional. So a rule change that vastly affected the Pennsylvania election and its outcome deemed to be uh, unconstitutional. Wisconsin Supreme Court has given two rulings, ruling that the rules uh, that the Evers administration gave for the election were unlawful, illegal. One of them allowed tens of thousands of voters to uh, vote uh, absentee without using voter ID in violation of state law. Another allowed uh, those drop boxes to be distributed when there was no such legal authority in Wisconsin to do so. So when people look out, it is now clear that there was unlawful activity, illegal activity, unconstitutional activity. Uh, and that doesn't even get us into the sort of things that are ongoing right now in Georgia, where uh, the documents I unearthed in Fulton County show that Brad Raffsenberger's own personal observer found 27 wow. pages of Ill, uh, irregularities during the election counting process. And we now know that uh, he's investigating ballot harvesting, a widespread ballot harvesting operation that Catherine Engelbrecht, the great election integrity activist, found by comparing videotapes of people dropping off ballots with phone records and then getting a whistleblower to say, oh, yeah, I participated in that operation. I was paid $10 every time I got someone's ballot and delivered it, which, by the way, is unlawful in Georgia. So the election story has gone the path of Russia collusion and Ukraine impeachment. It's in total reversal. If you read his report to the Wisconsin legislature, former Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice and State Special Counsel Michael Gableman definitely calls for Wisconsin to decertify its electoral votes, which were cast for Joe Biden. As Gableman argues, the statutes don't say decertification can be done, but they don't say it can't be done either. And it should be done, in Gableman's opinion. It's clear to me that Joe Biden is the true illegitimate president, not Trump, as the corrupt Hillary Clinton has long falsely claimed. Biden was installed in the White House via major fraud committed across the nation, and particularly in the key swing states, as I've said. He is badly compromised by communist China based on the evidence we have on the laptop from his son, which was abandoned at a repair facility in Delaware. And Biden, in my opinion, is unfit to hold any public office. But while revelations of the fraud committed in the 2020 election seem at long last to be gaining momentum, we will have to wait and see what, if anything, develops regarding the illegitimacy of Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, not to mention the many other radical leftist Democrats elected in recent elections. 
Shifting now to more on the Communist Chinese Party's longstanding and well-publicized plans for conquering America and the rest of the West and dominating the world, here's commentary from Lay's Real Talk program on YouTube. And to YouTube's credit, they are allowing these things. They just don't allow any talk about the 2020 election. Uh, But it was posted, uh, this particular episode we're going to play last month, and it's titled China's Six Strategies for Controlling the United States. Uh, there's a portion here where uh, in the video you see there is a, a Chinese communist official, uh, and she talks a little bit about him, and he's speaking in Chinese, I must Mandarin Chinese, uh, and that had English subtitles. You can see, if you want to watch the program, those of you who speak Chinese, Mandarin specifically, I believe, will understand this. But we can could not put subtitles here on the audio, so just to let you know. Okay, uh, please play soundbite five. Since the war between Russia and Ukraine broke out, China resumed sending its warplanes into Taiwan's air defense zone. North Korea fired a ballistic missile. The Iranian Revolution Guard Corps sent 12 missiles targeting the U.S. consulate in northern Iraq. And now one of the United States allies, Saudi Arabia, is considering pricing its oil sales to Beijing in Chinese renminbi. These events reminded me of the strategy proposed by a CCP advisor who said China should make sure that at any time the United States is entangled with at least three enemies. It prompted me to revisit his six strategies for overtaking the United States as the world's only superpower. Hello everyone, I'm Lei. Welcome to my show. Welcome to Lei's Real Talk. Professor Jin Chanrong is the Vice Dean of the School of International Relations at Renmin University. He's nicknamed the Master of State, as people say he advises the Chinese leadership and likes to give daring talks. On July 23, 2016, he gave a lecture titled Strategic Philosophy of Sino-U.S. Relations in Guangzhou. It was he who mentioned the six strategies for the CCP to eventually keep the United States under control. But before I get into that, let's first take a look at what's happening in the Middle East. The Gulf region is key to Beijing's energy supply and geopolitical influence. In January, the foreign ministers of Bahrain, Kuwait, Oman, Turkey, Iran, and Saudi Arabia and the Secretary General of the Gulf Cooperation Council for the Arab States visited China to discuss trade and security issues. As Axios reported, the spate of visits by Gulf officials was part of a push by the CCP to become more deeply involved in Middle East affairs. More worrisome is the fact that China is now gobbling up the Gulf region and turning those countries with power against the United States. The Wall Street Journal reported on March 8th that leaders from Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates declined calls with Biden during the Ukraine crisis as they are growing increasingly unhappy with the United States over its policies in the region. The journal reported that Saudi Arabia has relied on Chinese technology to build its own ballistic missiles and China was suspected of secretly building a military facility near the UAE capital of Abu Dhabi. Last December, the United Arab Emirates suspended an arms purchase with the United States worth up to $23 billion because the UAE believed the U.S. had attached 
too many conditions, including a ban on the use of Chinese Huawei's 5G equipment. China has seen an opportunity because of Washington's preoccupation with the Indo-Pacific region and its tensions with the Arab states. One of the Atlantic Council's articles best summarizes the situation. China is trying to create a wedge between the U.S. and Gulf allies. Data from the IMF shows that 55% of the world's foreign reserves are held in the American dollar, and only 2.48% are held in Chinese yuan. If Saudi Arabia settles its oil sales to China with Renminbi, it will hurt the American dollar's dominance in the global market and help China with its Renminbi globalization plan, because other commodities such as metals, soybeans, may start to be traded in yuan. The United States, for decades, has underestimated the CCP's ambitions. The Marxist claim of liberating all mankind fundamentally drives the ambition of the communist regime, whose ultimate goal is to bring down the United States and dominate the world. I can only add to it that no government in the world is as tactically comprehensive and strategic as the CCP in their planning to achieve this goal. During Deng Xiaoping's time in 1987, the CCP formally announced a three-step strategy at its 13th National Congress to reach its goals. The first step was to solve the problem of basic survival by being able to feed the Chinese people. The second step was to move the country into relative prosperity by the end of the 20th century, and the third step was to take about 50 years. To enter the ranks of mid-tier developed countries by 2050. Ten years later, during Jiang Zemin's time, the CCP revised the plan and proposed the two centennial goals at the 15th National Congress in 1997. One to build a moderately prosperous China by 2021 to celebrate the CCP's centennial anniversary, and two to build a socialist powerhouse by 2049. To commemorate a century of Chinese communist rule. During Xi Jinping's time, the 19th National Congress in 2017 inherited the same timetable, but moved up the goal of modernizing the military by 15 years, from 2049 to 2035. In October 2020, the plan was moved even closer by adding a new goal of. Integrated mechanical, informational, and intelligence development for the military by the year 2027. This very goal-oriented strategic planning that spans a century is probably unprecedented in the history of modern government. The governments of the democratic world serve their people and aim to maintaining peace and well-being of their citizens. They don't have any centrifugal ambitions. Moreover, the increasingly militant overtones of the CCP's strategic planning should concern peace-loving people worldwide. During Mao Zedong's era, the CCP closed the borders, destroyed traditional Chinese culture, and brainwashed its people. During Deng Xiaoping's era, the CCP established diplomatic relations with the United States, utilized the Chinese people's obedience and hard work. Along with Western technology and investments, to grow into the world's second-largest economy, now the CCP feels strong enough to call for a new world order, and is quite open about its goal to become the only superpower in the world. 
Professor Jin summarized the process descriptively. Mao Zedong let the new communist China survive. Deng Xiaoping let China develop. Now Xi Jinping will let China have dignity. After this is achieved, we'll enter the fourth stage. But that's the responsibility of our next generation. Our generation will achieve equal status with the U.S. Our next generation will take the U.S. under control. Professor Jin detailed six strategies to overtake the United States. The first strategy is to develop and grow China steadfastly. He claims that once China develops to a certain size, to be as strong as the United States, the U.S. will be forced to accept it. Jin explained this view in one of his recent interviews. 美国这个国家呢，根本上讲是个商业社会，经济利益至上，所以它商业理性还是很发达的。它像股东一样，它它现在比你有钱，它股份多，它一定是整理的，它一定要控制这个公司啊。哎，最后发现你实力很强，<笑>就比他那个那个那个竞争力强，最后他一定是拉你入伙的。The second strategy is to expand China's footprint globally. Without causing a direct confrontation with the United States, such as the Belt and Road Initiative and the building of islands in the South China Sea, I believe China's expansion in the Middle East fits into this strategy. The third strategy is to expand cooperation with the United States, reducing competition between the two countries to 30 percent and increasing cooperation to 70 percent. This will create a situation where the two countries would depend on each other. The fourth strategy is to reach deep into the U.S. and resolve to negotiate the Sino-U.S. Bilateral Investment Protection Agreement to access and control the U.S. market. The negotiation of this agreement started during the Obama administration, and the CCP hoped to continue the dialogue with Hillary Clinton in the White House. But the result of the 2016 election changed that. The fifth strategy is to have Chinese investments in every U.S. congressional district, so as to control thousands of votes in each district. Professor Jin did his calculation. He said that there are about 750,000 voters on average in each district, and only 30% of people vote. That's about a quarter of a million votes. If China can control thousands of votes, that's enough to decide the result. The sixth strategy is to ensure that the United States has four enemies at any one time. He said, "If the United States has three external enemies, I reckon it will be disoriented. With four enemies, it will be losing its mind. China's strategic task is to ensure that they have four enemies. Terrorists are certainly one." Russia is very likely one. That's not enough. China tried to turn Brazil into one. In short, this is a strategic idea. Professor Jin has studied the United States for 30 years and is regarded as an expert on America and an advisor to Xi Jinping. I hope American policymakers can take what he said to heart and not lose track. If you've been following Election Integrity Warrior and MyPillow.com CEO Mike Lindell and his team's efforts to expose election fraud, as provided in great detail on Lindell's website FrankSpeech.com, you are aware of the team's allegations and evidence presented that China 
Iran and other countries made cyber attacks on electronic voting equipment in every U.S. state in 2020, in the 2020 election, where these attacks were successful, Lindell states, possibly millions of votes originally cast for Donald Trump were flipped to reflect that they were cast for Joe Biden. Lindell further states that more than 91% of these cyber attacks were from China. Now, I have to admit, uh, I have watched his videos about this, and a lot of technical material is presented the, from witnesses who are supposedly experts but whose identities are obscured. Lindell says he doesn't want them identified uh, until they reach court. He is suing the, the uh, voting machine companies. Some of them are suing him for more than a billion dollars, maybe several billion altogether, uh, claiming that he defamed them by this and other things. He um, – He's been saying this all along. Um, we will have to see. They claim his team claims that the, this, the evidence is irrefutable and they can prove this conclusively that that voting machines or the and or the equipment they were attached to uh, across the country were hacked in this manner, primarily by China. Lindell has launched a campaign to get county election officials across the country to stop using their current electronic voting equipment and replace it with a new system that is claimed to be cyber attack proof. Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, Pulitzer, I'm sorry, recently said that while we ultimately have to get rid of the voting machines, he's another uh, person who's very critical of the use of the voting machines, it's not going to be possible in 2022, the year of, to use the term critical, midterm congressional and other elections due to logistics, state laws, political resistance, and so forth. That's why it's essential that as many concerned citizens as possible now he get involved locally in this year's elections and do all they can to ensure that these are as fraud-free as possible. Um, he does believe – Pulitzer believes that the machines can be, I guess you could just say for lack of a better term, gotten rid of or not used come the 2024 election, but it won't be possible this year. We'll have to see how all this develops. It's all very scary. But as I said earlier, we do now have a few rays of hope that we will be able to turn this nightmare around and save America. Key to that will be waking up the American people to what's really going on. That's a wrap for our show today. As always, we found the con- we hope you found the content of interest and value. You can listen to a podcast of today's show when it's posted in the next few days on the Jim Benson Show page at bbsradio.com. Look for us again two weeks from today in this same time slot. Have a good rest of your day and evening.